Welcome back to the Only Points Podcast, you guys. We're your host, Eddie Garcia. We got our boy, Alexis Martinez. We got our boy, Eddie Mercado. We got our boy, our special guest of the day, Dylan Brooks. Man, this guy is a good old friend of ours. He's been uh, here in Vegas for a long time. And um, actually, I would like him to introduce himself. Can you take it away and tell our guests uh, who you are, what do you do? Uh, and why you're so goddamn handsome, bro. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> thanks so much again for having me on the podcast. It's really a special thing. So I'm, I'm glad you guys had me on. Uh, my name's Dylan. I'm out here in Las Vegas. I've been here for about 10 years now uh, and really just trying to progress through this game we play life. And um, doing that, I've done a bunch of different things being in Vegas and I'm just you know, coming on today to hopefully go over some of those topics, my background and how I even got to a podcast like this and just slowly going over my life. So You know, it's a funny thing that you say the game of life because our previous guests say the same, same thing. Same thing? Exact same thing, yeah. I, I don't know what else to compare to it other oh, than yeah. a video game. It's just... Literally exactly the same thing. Yeah. yeah. But with one life... Yeah. One life. Just one life. Yep. So no GTA. No, no, no GTA. <laughs> no, codes? no, no replays. <laughs> no but, left, uh, right, right, uh, triangle, square. Yeah. Because <laughs> based off your background, you you've done some daredevil stuff. Right? Yeah. No, for sure. I uh, grew up riding dirt bikes my whole life. Uh, I did pro amateur motocross for a little bit. I uh, had sponsors like Kawasaki and Monster Energy. Something yeah, dude, I was about to say, tell me why you look like those. That You looked at the type of person that Red Bull will sponsor. Dude, hey, Red Bull is watching. Damn. Bring me back. <laughs> I need a ride. Uh, but, yeah, no, I grew up doing that and uh, got to, like, huge stadiums, uh, the Oakland A Stadium for motocross. Uh, and then I had a really bad accident when I was 15 years old. I got two compressed vertebrae in my lower back. Oh, uh, lost everything. Lost all sponsors. And that was kind of my, that was kind of like my first thing that, okay, this is what I'm going to do. This is going to be my life. I'm going to race pro motocross. <laughs> and it all ended with one accident. And that's, it's just insane. Like that was my first I guess failure uh, that really opened my eyes that nothing's promised that we so do. So. At the age of 15. At, at 15 years old, yeah, I've been. I was riding motocross since I was five years old. Before that, so 10 years up until that. So Red Bull doesn't give you wings. No, no wings whatsoever. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, so that, you get. They, I think they got sued for that, right? Yeah, they got oh, sued yeah. for false advertisement uh -huh. for that. Yeah. And then I remember I was getting like two dollars and something cents checks every so often. Because I, I failed at the farm. I was like, yeah, I bought like three Red Bulls in my day <laughs> when I was like 16 years yeah. old. <laughs> That's wild one. I definitely should have gotten But that. awesome, man. Okay, so let, let's go back. I think one of the very first things we want to cover is like how do we all met? Basically, mm -hmm. how do we know each other? And I think the probably the first one we want to talk is Eddie. You're the one who met him first probably. Do you think so? Yeah, I, I think, well, you know, through Elvis. Elvis, I've met Shout out to Elvis. all of you guys. Shout out to Elvis for sure. Uh, and just being present and in, in <clears throat> the opportunities that, you know, the dinners or the just hanging out like this, I've been able to meet everyone. I'll go as far as to say that I believe we met at Wally's. Okay. I, 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 I'm like, bring it back, bring it back. He, I think he so. did not even deny nor confirm that. He was like, no. okay. Because <laughs> I thought it was like a networking event at like the Cosmo or something. It could have been, but I just remember us like a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago, going mm -hmm. to going to Wally's 
and sitting down on a table. There was like like 12, 13 of us. And then I, I want to also say that we went to Gatsby's like right after. Because we were always like rolling deep. There was always like 12, 13 of us. Because it's always the same exact people. Right, correct? right. And it's very important that you said through being in like the same room but with like the opportunities because we all have something completely different to offer but we all work in like feng shui obviously here to like work together and then who you met i want to say eddie garcia right after Mm -hmm. yep uh again through elvis he connected us just networking at the same thing i remember i think the very first time that we really got to spend some time with each other was when uh, you and your girl, we went out to eat. Yes. And we were talking about a lot Italian of fun business, yep. life, and, and <laughs> anything what you guys wanted to do. And I was giving you guys my own viewpoints on what one things to do and how to how to grow, man. And yeah, you guys have come a long way since mm. then. So it's I'm, crazy I'm very to happy to, to see where you guys been and to think that now we're partnering up on a few things, which mm-hmm. we will talk about later in the podcast. Um, but yeah, man, it, that's, that's, again, that was like what, almost two years ago too. Yeah. What's really neat about that too, is it really comes all back to the root, right? The first people I meet, uh, Mo, Corey, Corey vouched for me through this entire introductions of people, you know, like, um, the, the biggest thing for when I met Elvis, <laughs> I remember is like, uh, uh, Elvis was like, you know, are you sure this guy's serious? Because Corey, I had a lot of questions about uh, credit at the time. I was brand new to it. Uh, you know, I had two credit cards. Uh, like, I, it just had no direction. Yeah, so the thing is, like, when uh, getting into a completely different industry, you're going to have, like, newbie questions because, like, the concepts and everything is so new to you. Right. It's the, the newbest of questions I had. And the thing was, is Elvis has answered those 5,000 times prior. I'm sure of it. I'm sure you guys all have. Uh, and so at that time, he wanted to make sure that I was serious before he, you know, talks all this info to me. And Corey was the one like, dude, anything you say to Dylan, he is a sponge. Like, I promise you, like, he will listen and he will apply to whatever you told him. And that literally skyrocketed everything for, for me. It, it really changed the way I look on everything and the way I live my life now. Perfect. So you've obviously known Corey for longer than us. Mm-hmm. When did you meet Corey? I met Corey on uh, vacation in Miami. Uh, I, we come to this huge Airbnb house in Miami, uh, for just like a friend's kind of getaway. And Corey was there and met him for the first time. I think that's what's dope because I've taken vacations, uh, and these friend breaks too, with a bunch of us as well. So within itself, like making money together, we take vacations together. Uh, I, I think it, it's, it's definitely like a beautiful thing for me. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> And then did you guys just like meet? We just met right yeah. now. Credit uh, but I feel like I've seen you around in one of Mo's events. Maybe. I don't know if you've gone. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I, again, I try to uh-huh. go to whatever yeah. I can to meet people. So That's Yeah, because I feel like I've seen you around, but, you know, we probably haven't talked until now. Well, it's funny because I know your uh-huh. Instagram, but it's, oh, you and now it's uh-huh. just, it's so how it comes full circle. Exactly. All the time. Yeah. That's exactly what I said. When I first met him in person, I was like, well, I feel like I've known him for right. months uh-huh. Uh-huh. because we, I've seen him on his Instagram. I've talked to him multiple times before <laughs> yeah. we actually met in person. So. The thing is, he's always catching a flight. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> he's always catching he a flight. Tracks, yeah. So, so, so there's that. Uh, now let's go ahead and get into like the nitty gritty, like who you are. Uh, so you started 
uh, in the motocross at the uh, at the age of 15 you had your very very first accident because mm-hmm. you were doing motocross that's motorcycles right yeah when did you get into like drifting uh drifting came <laughs> after that so if if we kind of want to transition over to drifting i think we really go into my background kinda... hold on hold on hold on before we do that actually my bad yes talk about like the biggest races that you had for motocross because i don't want to keep going back and forth back and forth okay no, no no i got you uh so like some of the biggest ones we did was like the outdoor nationals championship in uh texas galveston texas uh and that's huge i mean you're looking at uh, I think we had 35 riders in just that group class. So obviously first place all the way to 35th. Uh, that was the biggest race I've ever done. It's an outdoor course. It's, you know, 2.5 miles long and this long uphills. Uh, that was the biggest race I've ever done. Uh, that was put on by Kawasaki and they flew me out there for that. Nice. Uh, and then prior to that, the, the stadium <laughs> races were always like uh, really huge to me because they did the fireworks, they called out all the riders. And at that time I was so young, so I'm racing the teenage class, but it was on uh, 250cc bikes. So at, you know, 14 years old, like, Yes, I'm tall, but like at 14, that's a big bike, you know. So, dude, that's a lot of power for a 14. Oh, it's in, it was insane. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what that means. 250 cc, like, okay, in motocross, right? You have two of the biggest classes. The biggest classes you can ride in are going to be a 250 cc and the 450 cc. So at 14 years old, I'm riding a 250 cc. So the only class I can go up to after that is 450, 450, and I was at 14 years old riding that bike. So can you, like, transition that to, like, horsepower? Can you translate that to horsepower? It's, it's really hard to because the bike to horsepower is so – I mean, you're looking at less than 100 horsepower on a dirt bike, but the bike but, weighs <laughs> 800 pounds. You know what I mean? So, like, it, mm-hmm. it's, it flies. I mean, the bike yeah, is the, super Yeah, the, the bike doesn't weigh, weigh much, so it, you just rip. Mm-hmm. Like, as soon as you touch the throttle, you you fucking do a wheelie if mm-hmm. you don't know what the fuck you're yeah. doing. No, it's so, that's actually so funny that you said that. Have you ever been whiskey throttled? Uh, so, not <laughs> me personally. My, so, my dad grew up as a uh, pro amateur motocross rider as well. So, from the time I could walk, like, he had a dirt bike. I didn't ride a bicycle. I rode a dirt bike like Damn. with okay. training wheels on it and that's kind of <laughs> how I like so I never had those issues of course here and there like the reason why I crashed was because I kind of got whiskey throttle coming out of a berm so the throttle got stuck open I came off the side of the track I hit a boulder and then the bike landed on top of me and that's kind of what <laughs> oh, caused the whole thing um, and this was at what age this was at 15, 15. oh shit. yeah yeah um, and then but all my friends, I've had three people growing up, three of my friends' dads break collarbones and bones by getting on my dirt bike because they didn't know any better and it was a two-stroke, so you get whiskey throttle and the power band kicks on, so the whole bike just comes up. And so they've broken bones on. It was just funny because I'm 14 and these grown 35, 40-year-old men. Yeah, because they don't know. They don't know. They don't know dude, any better. I, dude, if you give me a bike like that right now, I, I've never driven one, yeah. so I would I will fucking break something. Well, when you see me getting off a fourteen year old kid, you're like, shut yeah. up! Like he's just a kid. <laughs> yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And then uh-huh. you just like. And then all of a sudden, you come to find out how hard it is. 
yeah. no for sure so well, uh do you circle. still do you still do that on your free time are you still highly passionate like for example i did mariachi for 16 years i did mm-hmm. music for 16 years so like sometimes uh i, I like seeing their instagrams like i reminisce uh 100 percent. i mean the the writers i grew up with like jeremy mcgrath <laughs> and bubba stewart they're all older guys now and don't even race but they'll post like they have their instagrams with old races and stuff i don't ride dirt bikes anymore that the moment i get a chance to ride any type of bike street bike hard i definitely always hop on and just kind of let loose a little bit uh but no more dirt bikes nothing like that i'm way more passionate and kind of the cars and the drifting aspect of things because it's <laughs> it's harder to crush a car than crash a motorcycle it's a lot safer too <laughs> you are not like protected yeah. on a dirt bike so it yeah. hurt a lot more i actually wanted someone very close to me asked me uh what about them about um getting a bike because it would be so much easier to get in and out yeah you know, cars, terrible idea be, and i was like you're not doing that no it's and so... I, I said i would be i would do it would be an offense to myself if i allowed you to get a bike because um it would be an all an offense to <laughs> your daughter it'll be offense to mm-hmm. like everybody that you love because dude there's so many i've lost so many friends to motorcycle accidents yep. and and they're like no but i'm gonna be careful i don't care my one of my closest friends died because he was on the, on the he was um he passed away because he was in the freeway and a drunk driver hit him in yeah. the freeway going 80 something miles and you an don't hour. have that control and he was ground me like i you know he was like i tell everyone like i'm not worried about my abilities i'm worried about everyone else around me you could be the best <laughs> motorcycle rider in the world i don't care who you are it just takes one time because guess what you're all exposed a car will kill you at 40 miles an hour no problem right yeah you know and it's just people don't pay attention i mean i'm talking about i i race pro amateur motocross (laughs) on all that but i've broken five ribs i've broken my wrists i have two compressed vertebrae i've fractured both knees i've broken three toes like little silly stuff like that like i'm gonna be in a lot of pain in 20 years i like how you said silly stuff you're like i broke a lot of stuff yeah yeah that all, that all sounds like life or death situations that sounds Crazy. horrible man yeah. i've only broken my wrist my my wrist twice technically my my thumb bone right here and my wrist and then my elbow that's it you playing the trumpet is a very difficult yeah it's fucking dangerous bro. I, it sounds like it <laughs> yeah, very dude. i have a metal bar right here in my arm there's a scar there but it, it just holds the uh, yeah it's my iud <laughs> it's a, a metal bar and it just kind of holds the just everything in there so the, otherwise you crumble yeah every, wow. otherwise this is good when i was six like wolverine now. oh i don't i don't like to admit this i don't really think i've ever admitted this it's a perfect but it, it was like <clears throat> The middle school that I went to was first in elementary school, which was which was Dutcher. I remember they had the stupid playground. The easiest obstacle, literally the easiest obstacle, was the oh my monkey God. bars. Was, no, 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 oh, no, okay. no, no, no. The, the essentially when it comes down to, I was a fat chubby kid. In, in case you guys don't know, I was a fat chubby kid. <laughs> so there's no way I could swing. It was like the. It was like like the. It was. The it, seesaw? No, it was like a, it was like a four by, it was a four by four, but it was held by like two chains, one on each end. So you just had to walk across it. Right? Balance on it, yeah. yeah. Okay. So shaking back and forth. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. No movement. I fell off that, but I fell on my arm. So I actually fractured my right arm at six oh. years of age. And because my parents d- don't believe in in breaking bones or fracturing elbows, me llevaron con una salvadora. They took me to like some lady to like massage me. Yo, oh. I would, every other day I was on an arm bar. They're like, you're, 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 you just have nerves. You, you just have a ball of nerves. You just have a ball of nerves. 
<clears throat> and I mean, I remember they would always tell me, uh, we're going to go visit your, um, your padrino. We're just going to visit your padrino. And it's, I, I already knew the same trees, the same stop signs, the same stoplights. I was like, hell no. Every single time they were going to take me to go visit my padrino, which the lady that lived in front of my padrino, uh, who's my godfather, uh, was like the, the massage lady, right? They, my parents would lie to me. They'd be like, oh, vamos a ir a, uh, we're going to go visit your padrino. We're going to go take you to the store. We're going to go do this. We're going to go do that. We're going to go see if you actually like this dog, right? Hell no. Like the second I saw the same exit of the freeways, the same lights, I, I, I would start busting out crying because I already knew I was going to be in an arm bar. And it wasn't, it, it wasn't until like a month and a half later that like, you know what? These massages just aren't working. Let's actually take them to the hospital. Oh my I goodness. show up to the hospital and guess what they said? Guess, just guess what they said. It's like even worse now. It's, all, it's already healed. They said, why are you coming now? It's healing. Mm-hmm. It's literally healing. And of course, I got like a brace and I'm just like, hey, this is whack. You know, like this is, this is whack. So in my lifetime, I've, I've, I've fractured my right arm. I've gotten 16 stitches on the right side of my head and i fractured my right kinkle no my right ankle <laughs> my right ankle when i was uh, changing the roof when i was uh when i was 16 when i was 15 when i was 15 and then i got uh bunion surgery on my right foot because well that's genetic that that was yeah. cos- that was cosmetic everything okay. on the right side everything on my left is you know, I'm perfectly fine. I'm not trying to jinx it or anything, but... You're just kind of like this when you walk a little. <laughs> <laughs> I lean like a cholo. Yeah. Have you ever fractured any bones or what? No, no bones. Damn, oh, this guy's perfect. perfect yeah. Yeah. Did you guys ever see that show Scarred they had out for a little bit on MTV? Not interested, no. no. Okay, yeah, because it would make you cringe. And it would just be videos of skateboarders, bicyclers, motorcycle riders, just snapping bones breaking okay things. okay the one the worst ones i'm i'm into fitness mm-hmm. when you see people lifting and then something snaps oh, oh, my, oh my god <laughs> especially on the leg presses i was yeah. gonna say that oh, oh, that one too. i was gonna me say that don't yeah. tell that, me that that's bro. literally what like that's literally what like i'm just like nah i think four plates on each side is just perfectly fine you know like because mm-hmm. the thing with me is like i'm not trying to say like i'm not trying to like don't talk myself but i have range for days mm-hmm. you know yeah. i have range for days like I have like three feet of clearance versus like shorter dudes that are like probably like I don't know like five six five eight. No disrespect, kings, but it's like you have two short feet. kings. <laughs> no disrespect, it's like two feet of clearance to so like four and a half feet of clearance. You right, know what I mean? Right, right. And then it's like I remember in high school too. I used to get uh, people used to talk shit. They're like, you don't even squat as much as I do. Like I'm not focused on squatting. You know, that's you guys just like literally. It's like six inches of clearance versus like three feet nah but um back to this when you were like racing and motocross wouldn't you wear like a back brace and like did you guys had like the all full that nine the neck, exoskeleton the neck shit yeah, no yeah and still with all that you will get messed up on yeah uh, 800 pounds slamming against your back so, doesn't so, sound like fun. so so tell us like motorcycle three dylan one or what yeah oh no way more than that motorcycle <laughs> 10, <laughs> dylan, motorcycle 10. dylan one maybe i mean i i just think of all because keep in mind too when i had that accident i was in a coma for two weeks oh that's oh, not fun yeah, yeah. so it, i came up no i, I left the we, part we, out we need to find the doctor that slapped you to make sure that you were actually in a coma 
Yeah, because right? that's Someone what they did. say. Yeah, you always get slapped when you're in a coma just to make sure. I think that was my dad. He's probably pissed that I lost my sponsor. <laughs> so he's like, you're worthless now, you know? <laughs> oh, my God. That sounds horrible. <laughs> hey, man. Shout it, out to it dad. It was like that, though. Shout out to like your dad. That. Yeah. Maybe that's what pushed you so hard. So at 15, um, no more motocross. When no. did you uh, move to Las Vegas? Oh, yeah. Oh, what, what? Look, first of all, how, how, what was, how, was, how did that feel like? What, how was your mental state there? And then what, what did you decide to do next after that? After the accident stuff? Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of rehab. Uh, at that age, I, <laughs> I don't think I realized kind of, you know, that something like that could happen to me. So having that accident and then waking up as if I took a nap and then being like, oh, no, it's two weeks later. I think that was <laughs> the most surreal feeling ever. Really? And do you, so you, as soon as you got into the accident, you were out. I, I don't even remember the exact accident. Like, I remember coming off of the berm and then, like, coming down, and that's it. Like, I, I just remember, oh, shit, I'm crashing. And then, and, then, and then the next thing, like, it was a split second later, boom, you're in the hospital. You wake up yeah, two weeks later. And I wake up in the hospital, yeah. So yeah. You, Nothing you, in between. Uh, I, there was, okay, no recollection, no memory. You didn't have a different life or... Or you couldn't hear people talking about. No, no, nothing like I saw the lights or there's people. Nothing like that. It How was, boring! It was like. Yeah. It was like. <laughs> what is wrong? I took with a nap. You? Like that. Yo, that's we're it. in a no podcast. You're supposed to just make up shit, bro. Yeah, <laughs> right. Just make it sound better. Yeah, no, no, no. It's because I've seen people like when they say like I, I went in a coma and then I lived an entire different life, and I it felt like it was ten years and then I came back and then my entire family was gone and then I was like, what? The my fuck? Uh, my so mom like, had a similar experience to that. Uh, yeah. She was in a, uh, most recently, I mean, what is this, a month and a half ago, she had some complications, uh, was in and out of three comas, but she comes out of it completely different person. Like, the far as, like, the, the way she looks on life and stuff, like, she saw my great-grandfather that passed away, she saw my great-grandmother that passed away, and she swore that they were telling her, it's not your time, it's not your time. So, uh, gives me the chills talking about it, because, like, I didn't have none of that, right? And uh, I, I, it was different. She swears, my mom's not a religious person either, so she's not gonna come and BS that, you know? So it's crazy. The second coming of Jesus all of a sudden, yeah. It's crazy. That's crazy. Okay, so you, you, you did sure. a lot of, mm -hmm. yeah, I appreciate that, man. You went through a lot of rehab, and um, <laughs> what, what did you decide to do, you know, after you became, like, first of all, how long did it take you to fully recover all your motor functions, or do you even still feel like, fuck, I'm not 100% there yet? My back, for sure, not 100%. Like, uh, me and my girlfriend, we went to New York, and New York's a lot of walking. That was my first time mm -hmm. there. Uh, and there was points where I, my body started shaking because I was in so much pain from all the walking. Well, you know what? We've been to New York twice together, uh -huh. and, and New York is a shit ton of walking. I can promise you that much. So <clears throat> I, I can understand with, like, your medical background how you felt, but, bro, we had to sit down, too. Right. Um, so uh, imagine that. You guys had to sit. There was a part, which I've never walked that much before. We're doing 8 to 10 miles a day. Yeah, and shit like, sucks. You know, I don't just naturally go walk 8 to 10 miles a day. Uh, <laughs> so, like, my body was trembling, and, like, everyone else was ready to walk. So I'm like, guys, I'm sorry. I have to sit down. I might start crying. Like, it was, like, hot flashes, and, like, it, it just gets so like irritated or swollen or something mm -hmm. in there that's why i want to get stem cells i want to go to columbia 
and oh that's why you want to go to colombia <laughs> yeah oh no i had different priorities <laughs> well as long as we get my stem cells <laughs> we can do everything else oh, okay <laughs> definitely dude so okay so uh, you know it's been a long journey but eventually you got into a next sport which was which was and then uh how did you get into that well that a lot of baggage comes along with like the next sport i guess <sighs> i got into because everything fell apart after motocross everything fell apart but yeah. dylan look oh, i get it you had like a bright future but you were 15. yeah you know and it's it's unfortunate because you i thought you were gonna say something else but keep going what did you no you, you know what's funny <laughs> everybody <laughs> says with eddie we never know no we no, never know well, that's the Bro, truth I, I, eddie, I seriously thought know. i was gonna well dylan stop being a bitch yeah right. no no <laughs> no no, it, no never that never that the thing is like like I like I guess I get it I get it like growing up you wanted to become a motocross uh, like a pro because you were as a kid those it was every, as taken a kid, away from you as a kid it was everything yeah but it's it's also like we are 25 I'm 27 right we're like in that like age demographic we still don't have it figured out oh not at all and, not at and, all. We and have you so much at time. 15 you're getting sponsorships and it's very unfortunate that you got those stripped but it's like you must have thought this is my life right I'm actually getting paid to do this. So what's that baggage that you're talking about moving on with your, uh, after like the, after your um, the, injury? The baggage is my- Is it fear? My, no, 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 my family falling apart. Oh. My, the reason why my dad was such a good dad is because I did and I was good at what he wanted me to be uh, good at. Yeah, I see that. So the moment <laughs> that. that got taken away from us, I almost like I for a sense lost my dad. Uh, alcoholism got into the picture, and I mean, literally just pushed me out of the thing. And through this whole time, I mean, up until I was 16, 17 when I moved here, like I come to find out, like my own, you know, mom was dealing with her issues with drugs and through my whole life. And so my upbringing was very poor, very. Uh, you know, some nights we didn't even have like electricity. We lived off a generator. Um, so, but all through that, I had a dirt bike and that I think they just kind of put all their eggs in the basket with my abilities. And so when that happened, all the problems surrounding that got worse, got a lot worse. Mm. Or they were, they're, they're, they're putting all yeah. their, they were putting all their eggs in your, in your basket. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So exactly. they were trying to bank on, on you making it and then boom, all of a sudden, like they resorted back to their issues or yeah. their issues became more apparent now. Yeah. Or, and more to me too, because now. I had that feeling from my father, like, it, this is your fault. Like, you're the one that ruined my life type of thing. And uh, it just destroyed me inside. I mean, once once I lost the sponsors, once I left the, lost the dirt bike, like, once the drugs took over and the alcohol, I had nowhere to live. I started living with friends. My mom didn't have a place to stay. My They divorced, you know, at a very young age. So through all this, the m motocross kind of kept them together. But once that was gone, the whole family just fell apart. Wow. So you're 17. You moved here because this is like where I relate to you. Mm -hmm. Where were you living before? Before I moved here? I was living. So through all this, uh, just to step back just a little bit, my seventh grade year, I missed 126 days of school. 
I was never forced to go to school. I was always able to do what I want. I had older friends, so I would go to uh, Pismo Beach, California for days on end. No one would ask where I was, and I'd come back and go to school because I wanted to. Um, so through all this, like, I just was screwing yeah. off. You know what I mean? No one was checking on me. No one was. Yeah. I, I had no, I had no uh, like boundaries or any um, guidance. guidance. Yeah, you know, I, I didn't know what rules were or nothing like that. So after all that happened, uh, like I had nowhere to live. My parents had nothing. My my dad stopped talking to me. Like I don't, I didn't know where he was. My mom's living in motels. Like. I, so I moved in with a, a buddy and, uh, because it was closer to school so I could go to school because my escape was my friends. I would go to school just to hang out. I thought I was that class clown, like never paid attention to school, but Me I was too. there for my friends. Uh, and the whole reason I ended up even making this decision, which Vegas was always an option for me because I had an aunt here. and My aunt was stone cold sober, very normal, structured, whatever, right? but I never wanted to do it because my friends were so important to me. We go to wake up my friend's mom one day and we find her dead in her bed. She had overdosed from Oxycontin. Oh my God. Mind you, I'm still about 15 and a half years old. You know, this is very <laughs> Was all... this before or after the accident? This is after. after. So this wow. is after rehabilitation. Cause the dirt bike stuff, it was more like, like brand new 15 so like 14 and a half coming on to 15 you know gotcha. uh, so we had that whole time to re rehabilitate all this ha it's crazy how like fast time flies by because yeah. all this happened in that time you know what I mean yeah. uh, so we found her dead she had overdosed and <laughs> that day from that moment right we find her call the police next call I make is my aunt she buys me a ticket I'm on a plane with a backpack you're 15 and a half. You know what's crazy? <clears throat> Even though I've always lived with my parents, I'm not going to say I was extremely scared, but I was relatively scared to fly to Mexico for my own uh, joy mm -hmm. at 16 and a half. Mm -hmm. You know, but you're actually making like life-changing decisions. I mean, but this is where? Where were you moving from? Fresno, California. From Fresno, California. I am from the 209... I don't necessarily like to disclose where, but you guys know where I'm from. And then you're in the 559, yep. which is which is just like so like mind blowing because we we came from a, a place that's like maybe 60 miles away. Uh huh. Maybe right. depends. I did races there in 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 uh, in the 209. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to disclose. Yeah, you like think I was gonna say where or what? That's dope. That that's so crazy. Now I think we actually spoke about you. Did you ever live in Sacramento? Uh, so that's kind of where my family resides now. So okay. I do go visit. I've never, I lived there for like a year and a half, through, uh, which is a whole nother story. But uh, I lived there for like a year and a half, and then I came back. That's Vegas, is it? Yeah, it's just a land of opportunity. We're so young still, and there's just so much going on here that <laughs> right. it, it brought me right Absolutely. back. Absolutely. Yes. The, the hub to network, you know? Yeah, no, literally. The hub to network. So you're 17, living here. When did you get into the car drifting stuff that happened right out of high school so because my aunt wait actually hold on yeah. how long did it take you to recover did you flunk seventh eighth grade did you did you flunk any grades for missing 126 days it's it's funny we talk about this because i don't know what happened 
Like, I don't know how I continued through the grades. Like, I always, you know, grew up, like, you get held back. Like, I kept going through the grades, and it wasn't until I moved here for my junior and senior year that I felt the effect of the credits, not having credits. When I came to Las Vegas in my junior year of high school, I had 26 credits, and I think you needed, like, 138 to graduate. Something like that. Like, my numbers might be off, but, like, just know when I came here, they were like, oh, you need to do school five days a week, and you need to do three classes online every day, too, if you want to graduate on time. That's a big if. Yeah, crazy. Like, and my aunt, you know, she's, she's amazing. She, she gave me that structure, and I, I graduated on time. Let's get graduated it. Graduated yeah. on time. Is, is your aunt still here? Do you live with her? No, no. Still? So my aunt and uncle, he's a private contractor for the government. Uh, they moved away to Abu Dhabi. Uh, lived there for some time, and uh, then they ended up going to New Mexico. So, yeah, I see them when I visit. Nice. Awesome. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> what type of private contractor? Uh, so, he, he does, like, he works on jets and does um, the explosions that you, uh, that uh, go off when you, like, ignitions? you know when they go, huh? The ignitions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh. like, when the chair goes up, right, and the parachute comes <laughs> yeah. out? Yeah. Oh, 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 gotcha. So, he does that. Okay, that's yeah, pretty, dope. pretty neat. But they always pushed military real big on me, and no, coming no. up with abusive boyfriends and stepdads <laughs> that my mom had, and like this, I don't know. Like the military felt oh, like. Oh, oh, okay. I see. I see. Maybe they try to push the military for you because they felt like the structure and the, right. the type of mindset is what you needed in right. your life oh, ASAP. Yeah. The, okay. thing with, the thing with okay. me is, I'll talk my shit now, <laughs> bro. I've had friends. I've had people that. I've gone to school with and their parents forced them to go to the army or, or whatever service. Eh, it doesn't matter. I'm not touching that place. Yeah. I don't. Um, they come back robotic. They come from like competing with me to be the class clown to like super robotic. Like I'm over here like trying to and they're like and I'm like, whoa, like yo, you're a completely different changed person. Right. What the hell? 800 okay. credit score. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, okay, okay. <laughs> okay, no, wait, hold up. Hold up. No, uh, well, I, yes and no. Because I see, I, I do see a mentality change. And I heard this from so many people, especially from uh, couples that were together in high school. And then the guy leaves to go to military boot camp, comes back six months later, completely different yeah. person. I totally understand that. Um, I get that. I think there's a, a, a shift in their mentality that's more like yes or no, sir. Yeah, you know, right. get it done. You know, whatever it is. Um, and again, to a certain degree, there's good. But dude, I, I've seen so much shit in the military. What, like, dude, when they go out and party, is like super toxic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you, do you know Holy. why? That's their escape. Oh, in, in my yeah. eyes, in my yeah. eyes, that's their escape. But yeah, but that, so <laughs> them coming back home, that's also their escape. Right. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not going to say there's a 50 50 chance of you being like st- still like upright and everything like yeah. like, oh, like fix your posture type thing. Well, I mean, like, I'm, that's not thing bad. Like, fuck, I'm fixing my posture right now. Fuck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I, I like to talk. No, 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 as I'm freaking hunching my back. No. So nothing wrong with it, you know, but. I can see why they would, uh, why they yeah. would not necessarily push, yeah. but encourage. Yeah. Do I think it would have been good for me? A hundred percent, because right. okay. you know it would have taught me that structure. It would have gave me that stable income, all that. But I don't at know the about stable income. At the but you know what I mean, like steady money coming in. I mean, because I started at bro, eight dollars an hour. Bro, so. there's there's people that in military jobs, right? And they're like making 
decent money. It's not nothing crazy, but they don't do shit. They're just fucking around all day, and yeah. they're like, all right, time to clock off. Who wants to go or to the bar? Most, the most uh, thing I see the most, and I'm so sorry to put this out there, but, like, your, your buddy joins the military, and then six months to a year later, he's, you're like, holy crap, he's married. Because they, oh, yes. they get more money. Because uh -huh. they get more money. And they get more allowances yeah. and stuff like that. So a lot of my friends that had gone in the military, I'm like, you've been dating this girl for four months, and you guys are married. Like, yeah, the benefits, you know? Like they, they, they also teach you, like, commitment. They, yeah. they teach you coming to task. <laughs> my yeah, very but... last job, my very last job was AutoZone. I don't like to admit oh, me that. Me too. <laughs> really? Yeah. Red shirt. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> With the badge and yeah. everything. Do you yeah. know what? It, it actually, I, I, I didn't want to like admit that that was my very, very last job with corporate America up until like, I, I looked up how much their stock is worth. It's over a thousand dollars. So, <laughs> great company, no, right? so. So that was like my very last job. I remember one of the managers there, which I, I, I didn't ever respect ever. And I'll, I'll explain why uh, is because he, he would bring it up. I said, oh, I missed the military because he was a Marine, but he didn't look, worked apart or, or just he didn't. Uh, he wasn't a he wasn't a good example. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> he would say what I would give for a what do you call those like a like a person in charge? A sergeant. sergeant. <laughs> what I would give for a sergeant to come in, grab my, grab my, uh, my, my, what Tail? is it? Like my, my basket and just dump it and tell me to fix it again. What I would give to do that. And I'm just like, you want to get disrespected so bad right now. Like, let me do that for you. No, but the reason why I didn't respect him was because every time as an entrepreneur, and, and this was like me already in my journey, the reason why I chose to get a job was because I needed to be considered low income so that I can qualify for Tesla rebates. Yes. And I did that for six months. Anyways, after those six months, I did quit. Hack. Life hack, actually. I got uh, 13500 So it was worth it for me. Anyways, the reason why I never respected him was because he would always tell me to do tasks the half-ass way. He'd be like, hey, bro, can you mop? But just make sure you spot mop. If I'm going to mop, I'm mopping the entire place. Mm -hmm. If I'm going to clean a bathroom, I'm going to clean all bathrooms. If I'm going to, you know, like stock a shelf i'm stocking the entire row that's just me right so that's why i didn't respect him but but oh, what, what do you mean by like he didn't look the part he was fat he was fucking yeah. fat, right so he as as he's 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 I, deflecting look, bro. he's deflecting responsibility <laughs> yeah. that the reason why he does not have the life that he wants you, in the, you, that he had in the military was because he had needed to have that and that's what i don't i don't want and you he, should be able to scream at yourself and, and, tell and yeah. he would still cut his hair the way a marine would for sure and i i i wish we had somebody holding the camera so i can demonstrate the way he would walk that's not how a marine walks you know he's just like like this and i'm like bro like <laughs> you're gonna tell me you used to be in the marines walking like that there's no he, way he was that, bottom g there he was definite <laughs> well i did the perfect job trying to <laughs> demonstrate that so <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> No, but uh, <laughs> no, just, I couldn't follow that. Yeah. That was definitely not an example I wanted to follow. But just uh, bring it back to what was the decision that you chose to do after that? After the movie, seventeen. Yeah, uh, you came to Vegas. 
Bro, I keep bringing this up. When did the car drifting stuff start? I know, I know. Okay. <laughs> this is the third time. Yeah, yeah. you're this like, the and then he time. goes, wait, before we got to talk yeah. about that, we got to talk about it. You're like, just tell me. Yeah. Uh, okay, that's that's what I was talking about. the drifting car was outside earlier. Yeah. And it, it's, um, ooh. We can go. It just sucks that it's stick shifting. I don't know how to drive stick, but I'm going to learn. And you look real good in the passenger seat. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, pretty girl passenger. Yeah. Hey, just just don't put your uh, your hand on my thigh, cause you know. No, I got you. <laughs> we got worry. wine and everything. Uh-huh. Uh huh. No, so, aunt's super strict, right? I'm living by her rules, living in her house. I'm not allowed to have the car I want. If you're if you want a car to get back and forth to school, you're gonna give the you're gonna drive the car I provide. How are you gonna argue with that? I'm making no money. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Get the car she provides me, right? Like, cool, I'm gonna drive this. Minivan? Uh, Nissan Altima. Nice. Yeah, sweet ride. Uh, it beat everyone walking in Louis Vuitton backpacks <laughs> <laughs> at school, and I'm like, you guys walk home. You know, like, yeah. for me, that Bro, was Bro, a, a Nissan Altima's a good car, and let me talk my that shit. That is a good car. <laughs> yeah, let me, let me talk my shit right now, too, because to, uh, we're travelers. There's always gonna be somebody decked out with every designer bag, designer shoes, gold chains, only to sit in 32B. <laughs> no and that's yeah. no cap yeah. that's the same exact thing of everybody bezeled out you know blinged out going to school walking so walking so so you 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 that was my you know. flex so i could take all your girls and, yeah. and, you, and you, you need you need to know that I mean, you obviously knew that those bags were from the swap meet anyways. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they looked a little flimsy. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, look, if 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 the curve ever hit you, it's just an Nissan Altima. It wasn't ever your fault, you know? Right. Well, and then here was like my first eye-opening experience with the money, right? I'm driving this Nissan Altima. Aunt moves away. I'm like, she's not here. Car's in my name now. I got to sell this. I need something cooler, right? So I, I, I go to this, like, one of the car dealers, like, on the side of the road, on, like, oh, no. Spring Here Mountain, Bonanza, or what, you know what I mean? Like, the smallest shop. I'm like, look, this is the car I have. What do you got around? So we start looking, right? And me knowing cars, we see this old, older, like, a 20, uh, 2008, like, cop car. Okay, do you know what year was the Nissan Altima? Mm, probably, like, a... 2012 or something can you tell me how much it was uh the value was at the time uh it was like six thousand dollars <laughs> all right um so the guys like look we'll buy this car you know for me for six thousand dollars well <laughs> on the lot was a 2008 crown victoria don't know what the, that is the crown victoria is a ford model it's the 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 classic police car right oh so just picture a cop car okay <laughs> mm -hmm. But the reason I like that car so much is because it came with a V8 motor. Yep. Okay. So yep. I'm like, oh, this is way cooler than the Ultima. I can put mm -hmm. an exhaust on it. And we're good to go, right? So I'm like. And that's rear-wheel drive too, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm like, yeah. burnouts. I, it, that's what I'm thinking, right? Yep. So I'm like, cool. Here's the Ultima. I'll, bu I'll, I'll buy that for four grand. Give me two grand. Now I, now I got money in my pocket, right? Uh, I buy that car and. At this time, I didn't know how to drift or nothing. I just knew how to do burnouts and stuff, right? So I'm just burning up the car, burning up. I blow the motor in it. Of oh course you do. Quick. <laughs> of I course you do. Too. Quick, right? And I'm. Uh, it's stuck outside the shop, and this guy pulls up one day in this little Mazda Miata. It's this little red <laughs> Mazda Miata yeah. with a roll cage on it. Of course. He goes, I will trade you my 250,000-mile Mazda Miata for your car. 
It's a done deal. Let's go. That's real wheel drive, stick shift. Let's do it. And that was that's what started me and oh got me addicted. Is that <laughs> Wait, a smart move though? Time out. Ah, that time car, out. that car is the most reliable car I've owned. That's true. Wait, 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 wait. Time out, time out. So was this person like aware that it, the the crown? Would you crown, crown, Victoria. crown Victoria? Yeah. I was gonna say Crown Royal, the Crown Victoria. So was was this person aware that the Crown Victoria had a blown motor? Yeah. Yeah. No, I was like super honest. I'm like here, but it was newer. This was a 1997 Mazda Miata. Okay. Yeah. Like it's not attractive to anyone. No, you know? it's a little beetle. He's red like, car. I will take your blown motor Crown Victoria and replace the motor, and I will give you a working car, pretty much. <laughs> And I said, done deal. I had a roll cage already. And that's where I started to learn how to drift. Perfect. Yeah. And how long did that car last you? How old were you, too? <laughs> what age? At that time, I was probably 17 and a half, 18 when I got that car. Um, and that car lasted for about a year. So here's another side note, you too. You blew the motor, too. In my adulthood, I'm 26 years old, I've owned 42 vehicles. <laughs> buying selling what? buying selling i've never kept a car more than a year my girlfriend can attest to this she's ridden in more than 26 vehicles i've owned since mind you we met when we were 17 Jeez. years old you know what i mean mm -hmm. here in vegas or here in vegas we met yeah. in high school <laughs> so throughout that whole time she's ridden on all my cars you know and uh so i only keep them for like a year or whatnot and i trade for <clears> something else and then i build it and trade for something else so you're like conor mcgregor with like a new car for the different day of the week it's like yeah <laughs> but all non-expensive cars you know all, <laughs> hey all the cars i've owned have been less than you know forty thousand dollars maybe yeah. so and, and that's just what really got me hooked and started watching a lot of youtube youtube uh, and that's when I built my uh, first Mazda Miata. Nice. Uh, I traded it for a white, a white Mazda, low miles. Took the motor out, built the motor, all off YouTube, mind you. <laughs> I, I hate working on cars, YouTube but I like University. I like working on race cars. Like, but I that's like your hobby. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. what I enjoy. <laughs> Can I change your oil? Can I do stuff? Yes, but do I want to? Absolutely no. not. Yeah, now, if we're that's... upgrading your car, by all means, let's do it. You know what I mean? Uh, and that was the first car I did and the first car I competed with. Competed where? Uh, so out here in Vegas, they have uh, like pro amateur drifting, wet sessions, stuff like that. So I just started practicing at the track with it and just going on a, going, they, they square off a parking lot and they make it spray it with water. <laughs> and I just start going around and practicing. By track, you means a, a church parking lot. <laughs> that we've done too. <laughs> okay, okay. So, to, okay. So you actually, have you done, so you've done actual competitions? Yeah. Are you trying to, so what's the goal with this? Are you trying to go pro? Are you trying to? It, it's hard. That? Okay, so from the dirt biking, I didn't discover drifting. I'm like, that's what I'm doing next. I'm going to be a professional FD Formula Drift <laughs> driver. Come to find out, being a professional FD driver costs a lot of money. Yes, it does. A lot of money. Lot. Unless you're sponsored, sponsored by Red Bull. By Tires, Tokyo Tires. Or something all like that, that, like, you need to be literally a millionaire to just cover oh, FD yeah. costs. You do. And yeah. so that slowly died off because of the salary i was making when i was a kid do you know what's actually crazy a lot to coming to vegas in november here and we're not sponsored f1 is coming the thing with that is i always wondered like why do these people get paid millions and why is like the city of las vegas spending i 
Do you guys know how much they're actually spending? No, but we're finally getting new roads all because of one race. Did yeah. you notice that? No, but I heard the contract was for four years. <laughs> Literally. I heard no, no no, I heard the I heard the priorities. Yeah, priorities. Priorities. <laughs> I heard the the contract for F1 is for four years. Well, depending on how the first one goes. Okay. But supposedly they spent uh, half a billion, so $500 million to fix everything up. They're building that new structure mm -hmm. for obviously like the... That's going to be so sweet. What is it? Like uh, the cockpit? Well, yeah. What are they going to do with the cockpit the rest of the year? They're going to use it for four or five days. What are they going to use it for the rest of the year? Right, because they're not building a track around it. Do you so know what I mean? you're literally only using... <laughs> Are they putting real buildings or are they it, doing it, like pop-ups? What I think, what I, where I think. It probably can all be torn down. <laughs> I think it's on Koval. I, I think it's on like Koval, like right behind um, MGM Grand. Okay. That's where I think it mm -hmm. actually catty corner of to where uh, Top Golf is at. Okay. Do you know what I'm. Yeah, they're not going to do anything with that area. Yeah, I, do, I don't think so. Trash. So that's the thing with me, like. If I'm correct, if that's where like the cockpit is going to be, what are they going to be doing for like the rest of the year? But I, I mean, I understand me that I live here in, in Las Vegas and I'm sure you too. Aren't you like sick and tired of like all the construction and like all the roads Drives and all that? <laughs> but you know what? <laughs> the rest of the year, ooh, after in December, the roads are going to be. Mm, yeah. Know? But think about that when we live in a metropolis of just booming businesses and the 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 land of opportunity here we'll like it then especially if we can grab a couple properties in the meantime while yeah, they're 100%. doing all this mm -hmm. the value is only going up and they're spending the money to do it so not only that if, if i can be smart and plan ahead then I, I i think we'll be that's actually one of the things so why i like living in san diego so much because I don't travel much in the sense of within San Diego, mm. because when I travel, I just jump on an airplane. Right. But uh, when I need to travel somewhere, when I need to go somewhere, I'm there. it's not that far <laughs> of a drive, like literally, or there's not enough traffic. San Diego traffic, there's like, it's not in six minutes. Even today, I, I left to the airport 30 minutes before I had to, the, Board? the plane departed. And then I got there still in 15 minutes. And that was with hey, the heaviest look. traffic of the day. <laughs> wow. Yeah, but but you did say, guys, I barely made my flight. Yeah, because because literally <laughs> because the, you barely the, made yeah, your flight. Yeah, the flight was supposed to leave at dude, that's TSA took longer than me Get in, in the trap in the, the worst traffic of the day. Hmm. So so yeah, yeah, so it's actually not that bad. So like I made it like literally 10 minutes before we everybody was already sitting down i think i got lucky just because uh they were, the, they were, they were either waiting for no they were because when we they when were. i sat down I, I still sat down in my seat for like another extra 10 minutes uh because they were waiting for for them to get the clearance from the air control to say you you guys are clear to take off now mm -hmm. um so so that but uh no man i love san diego and here yeah it's like oh shit, everything is so clustered in together in the strip but then it's like fucking parking and then uh, just, just driving from one side of the strip to the other side of the strip, it's just like hell of traffic. Yeah, it's horrible. If you know your way around the streets, <laughs> I think I just like the vibe about it being from but, Fresno, California. Oh, but no, like, do I love coming here because first of all, the amount of dude, I have way more friends here in Vegas right. than I have in fucking San Diego, mm. and I lived all my life in San Diego. Um, just the network or people that I actually hang out, like I want to want to spend time. We do every single time I come here. It's like. All right, my list of peeps. Right. I'm, I'm dinners, back in Vegas. Plenty of dinners. Dinners. The go. boys are back in the town. Boys uh -huh. is back, back your in boy town. is back in town, right? <laughs> so, I mean, it, it's it's nice. I think the maps, and to be honest with you, 
Like I even we were talking about in another podcast when uh-huh. we were just doing a quick update. It's like, oh, I don't want to get distracted living in Vegas. And I was like, well, if you have the discipline to, because I have the discipline enough to be like, fuck all distractions. I'm gonna hyper focus. Even right now, while we were on the podcast, uh, a club promoter is like, what are you doing tonight? I was like, who? Uh, Anthony. Like, oh my gosh. Dude, and I was like, and I'm gonna <laughs> send a message. I'm like, about. yeah, I'm, I'm gonna be working, bro. Like. Oh, it's easy to get wrapped up in this life, and it will Mm -hmm. take you for everything. Uh, 19 years old, I made $32,000 that year. Let's go. Uh, And I had a fake ID and gambled $29,000. Wait, you lost twenty nine? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Lost $29,000. Wow, wow. So, actually, do you want, would would you be open to talking about that? Yeah, I mean, I, it's my past, it's you know, I, I've done a lot. <laughs> yeah, because I think I when, we I first could... met, cause when we first met, uh, I was talking to you and your girl, and I think one time you were like, we were just talking, we were just chilling at the casino, grabbing a few drinks, and you were like, I'm going to go gamble real quick over here at the table. And then, and then Hannah, Anna, Hannah, Jesus Christ, um, is like, oh, yeah, we were talking about it, and, and she's like, oh, yeah, you, he can, um, he, he gets addicted. Uh, I have to drag him by the ear sometimes. I have no other addiction. Okay, so I have an addictive personality, right? My parents addicted to drugs, addicted, addicted to alcohol. I never smoked cigarettes. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, I did weed for a little bit, but that even gave me super high anxiety, so I kicked weed. I can kick all that stuff real easy. Gambling? Crazy. I could not yeah. <laughs> kick it. Do you know why? Now, recently, I, I've been able to, like... It's, Last it's, couple months. it's the highest like it's the thrill it's the highest dopamine levels you know it doesn't help when you go sit down and you know i've i've sat down and and won seven thousand dollars in an hour and a half i've sat down and won four thousand dollars the next day like that's disgusting right like <laughs> it's more money than people make in a couple months you know yeah. out of a job and i made it in two hours total Yep. But it's the times you go back and you lose 15000 that it doesn't matter that you just won that. Yeah, the last mm-hmm. time I actually gambled heavy was when I lost seven k in front of my dad. And I don't care about the 7000 that I bought. I cared that my dad stepped in and said, Mijo, didn't you? He said this in Spanish. He goes, Mijo, didn't you see that you were doing so well up until they changed the dealer? And I, look, I'm not going to use my terminology, but... Like I'm an intelligent person and I know, I notice everything. I didn't notice when they switched the dealers was when I started to decline. And that's, I didn't like that my dad corrected me. Mm-hmm. And that's what hurt me. And but it's now always, I get a shit ton of comps. And tell me about, and just tell me how disgusting of a feeling is that? No, it's, it's terrible. It's terrible. Uh, you feel I, real bad, right? Yeah, I literally thought, I literally thought, you know what, I'm going to make $1,000 real quick and get the fuck out because my buy-in was, was 10000 So I had 20 on me. Do you understand? Yeah. I had 20 on me cash. And what an idiot. 20K yeah. cash walking around in the strip. Like, like, I don't carry cash. I don't like cash. Right. You know, I don't like cash. And uh, that day, just to want to like it's the worst feeling ever. Yeah. I had a friend visiting, right? Taking him around town. Go to Mandalay Bay, right? I put in 60 bucks on, uh, what was I playing? Craps, right? Racked it up to $3,900 of $60, right? Just taking him <laughs> around the casino. We walk, we walk. I make my way to Resort World. I lost $3,500 in 30 minutes. Wow. 
I walked away with four hundred dollars. Well, you're still up, but that was the last time I ever gambled. <laughs> Which was when? Yesterday. No, I'm just kidding. No, oh, no, no, no. Like, this damn, was sick invite. This was a few months, like four, <laughs> four to six months ago. This wow. was November nineteenth. So, but it's so funny. After I lose, I'm like, all right, what do I need to sell? What do I need to do? I need to recoup this money. Mm-hmm. You know what I and mean? You know what the crazy thing is? Yeah, you walk up and down the strip, and you see like all these, all the homeless people. That's because they did the same exact things that you are thinking of doing. And uh, not to get too off topic, there's the show called Vice on YouTube, right? Yep, yep. They, there was somebody that worked for the gambling addiction retention right. company, something to like help, uh, help you stop gambling. He literally stated, we are trained to uh, sound like we care the second we get off the phone. We don't care. Yeah. We don't care. Well, and I think I, I really wholeheartedly believe that my problem would be a lot worse if I did not have such a crappy childhood. If I wasn't shown the lifestyle I didn't want to live, I fully believe I'd be a whole gambling addict with no money and yeah. gamble every dollar I get. Yeah. And I, I, I that's I, how much I enjoyed it. I believe that because when I was going to high school, all the all the all the kids that were doing well i'm not gonna say name races or anything like that but all the kids that that were very very well off i i look at them now because i'm not gonna say they're trust fund babies but i literally saw a picture of somebody on facebook two uh uh two days ago doesn't have a haircut didn't trim his beard um he's he's big when before he was super into sports and like he was always well maintained. The reason why is because they move out of like their parents' house and they don't know struggle. So if you if you don't know struggle, if you can't embrace struggle, you're you're that's life. You know, like that's yeah, life. Yeah, no, I would not apply myself the way I do today. <clears throat> I would not even you would not even think to have me on the podcast if I didn't go through that. There's, no, yeah, I, no. I, I fully believe that wow. because at the end of the day, I'm genuine. I have that drive, mm-hmm. and I take any information that's given to me dead serious yeah dead serious i apply myself so perfect gotcha so okay so now after all that let's talk about what you're doing now mm-hmm. like Correct. what is it that you're doing now um what are you working on what are or what are your what are your ambitions what what does future dylan hold ambitions is really just growing not only my personal brand but any brand i come into contact with or decide to grow i mean uh you know, I, I dabble in rental automation a little bit. Uh, I do exotic snacks as well. So we own a couple of warehouses in Thailand uh, that we stack full of goods and we sell to smoke shops and dispensaries here in Vegas. Um, and really, there's a new thing I'm working on I can't talk too much about, but I really feel like Undisclosed. that is my gym. You know, I think the, the customers are there, the money's behind it, and... I think, you know, getting on this podcast in the next 90 days is going to be completely different. Is it, is, is, is the, wait, you said the, the money's, the customers are there, the money's there. Is it backed by the dollar? (laughs) Uh, It's, uh, it's it's legal. It's legal. It's definitely backed by the dollar. Not everywhere, but it's legal. All right. So, so then let's talk about what we have going on Mm -hmm. because yourself yeah. eddie garcia myself yeah. leslie and hannah yeah. are going to be throwing a networking event for right. uh for entrepreneurs here in las vegas uh let's talk about how successful 
the very first event that you Hannah and Leslie threw at Lanetta. Yeah, uh, no, beyond bless uh, the way that event turned out. Uh, I think we started promoting that maybe like two and a half weeks out. So uh, first one I've ever done, I've attended everyone else's networking events, social events, right? But I always took something that I felt like th they were missing, you know? And I, I always felt that it was real cool to to meet everyone that's doing great and it's real it's it was really neat to like listen to what people are doing but my biggest thing and in, in the position that I was in is I wanted to know how I could do it you know that's great you make a million dollar mm -hmm. dollars a year and you want me to give you 10k to teach me but like on a realistic level I think there's there's money to be made between us you know so how okay. how can we have normal conversations and just talk about it and see if there's business so you know i got with my girlfriend i got with leslie and i'm like what if we do our own event why why not right never done this before but let's see what we can make happen i reach out to lanetta out here in vegas downtown Sumlin, and i'm like hey you know here's what i'm trying to put together i i think i can get this many people you know i don't have like a lot of capital i want to throw at this event because it's our first one so i'm not looking to waste a bunch of money like you know, do you have the space? And grateful as I am, the director of marketing goes, we'll give you the space. Don't pay us nothing. Bring us clients. The entire space is yours. I go, holy crap. And mind you, the, the goal was 100 people. Okay. I don't know 100 people. I got 10 friends maybe, you know. It's like, it, it seems that way, you know. Like the yeah. circle is very small. And the... So we started blasting about two and a half weeks before the event. We got a lot of uh, interest and people got intrigued and we started getting RSVPs. And uh, we, I think I made a post on Instagram like five days beforehand. Like if you're in town, come down to La Neta, you know, like if you're in, uh, if you're an entrepreneur and you want to meet like minded individuals, come on down. My goal was always to connect people. I love connecting people. You know, if you have a business and Eddie has a business and there's a way we can make it happen, mm -hmm. I'd love to just be the connection there. So my whole goal behind the event was, you know, let's do an event. Let's, you know, we're not going to do speakers. We're strictly going to bring everyone into a room and we're just going to connect them and see what happens from it. Our first event, we brought 60, 67 people showed up. We generated $8,000 in revenue for the restaurant. That's cool. And what Huge. happened after that? Nice. After that, the restaurant group reached out to us, the owners included, and go, any one of our five locations in Las Vegas moving forward is completely sponsored to you. So now, here we are looking to partner up on our next event. Absolutely. Let's not say where it's at because it's a speakeasy and we keep those low key. Yeah. And you're not cool unless you know where those are at. But what are the what are the other f f five locations? So I know the specific company or the the, the owners own Mas Por Favor. They own La Neta. What are the other three? Other the spots? other three. Those um, are always hard to remember. Yeah, right? no, literally, it's <laughs> some flower place, which is another restaurant. I don't know the names off the top of my head. I mean, we can we come can on, Dylan. What's going on? Because I only <laughs> La Neta is we my only biggest. Go to those two. I got a VIP card there, so you know, there they, you go. They, they take great care of me. Yeah, there. you know what's actually kind of crazy too. Like the owner knows you by name. Yeah, and I had a big flex. I, I didn't guys. even meet him first. He goes, "Oh, Dylan Brooks, pleasure <laughs> to meet you. I've heard a lot about you." 
That's dope. He's the owner of the company, you know what I mean? That mm-hmm. was really neat. And he was just saying, like, I'm the number one VIP uh, card holder there mm-hmm. because everyone that comes into town, I, I like to take them there. And uh, it's, I don't know, it's just kind of cool to me. I, I really respect them for doing that, and they've done a lot. And it's really going to help us out in the future events. I mean, shout, shout out to Brandon, too. Yeah, dude, Brandon Zimmer, man, the director of marketing. Shout out to Brandon. I don't know how he did it when we were when we went to Taco Tuesday for wearing a white sweater. 17 people deep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we had to we had to put like four or five tables together. Hilarious. And uh But that man, he he works that man works wonders in organization, so Nice. So, um, so what? Okay. So for for everybody listening, what type of networking event are we trying to throw, and uh, when to expect at it? The networking event we're trying to throw is an event where if you're an entrepreneur yourself, if you like the idea of owning your own business, or maybe already have a business and want to connect with more people to see what can happen, or you don't and you want to start. Yeah, that, and even that too. a great place to start. Yeah, right. learning. You know, it's not going to be those ones like you come in, we're going to tell you how much money we make and we're not going to tell you how we did it type of thing. But it's going to be informational. You know, I, I'm really looking, again, to just go back to connecting people um, and, you know, kind of seeing where everyone has the responsibility mm-hmm. to take things into their own hands. It's so. a great place to kickstart your journey. Right. You have to have mm-hmm. the drive, though. If, if, if. If you're curious, if you are um, scared, which is perfectly fine because I didn't start my entrepreneurship journey until I was like 22, 22 and a half, you know, uh, this is this is a great place to start for sure. Yeah. So basically, um, from what we've spoken about, my my whole proposition behind the networking event is because I want to be able to have a place where people come in and they gain a lot of value. Mm-hmm. I've been to so many networking events where it's like, this was right. very, this was very half-assed done or it's always and, a party yeah it's always a party right um so it's like i, I don't it's almost to the point like man i don't want to go to another networking event right but i i think uh it, there's a certain a way that at the end of the day like eddie mentioned it to the other pot uh, the other networking event it, it's up to you to take advantage 100%. of the <clears throat> position but i wanted to create an event where it's like it's almost impossible that you don't gain any value mm-hmm. out of coming out of this event, right? Because I we want presenters. We want to come, <clears throat> and and we've been to networking events where there's presenters, and they, they go up there, they talk for two and a half minutes, and they don't say shit, and then they get off, right? And it's like nothing of value was given. It was just garbage. I really want to be able to come in and be able to provide and just blow people's minds away. Right. Um, not give out. I mean, give out so much of the free sauce, but even but hold the like i'll handhold you the rest of the way product right yeah yeah you know mm-hmm. um so we, we want to be able to bring uh leaders in their industry and definitely obviously eddie's going to be speaking about amazon i'm going to be speaking about credit um and i know there's a few other people that we are still working on on getting but um that's that's basically my main priority of people and being able to make that a very very successful business for or networking event for literally everybody everybody's going to win everybody that attends is going to gain so much value and they're going to be able to network and gain a lot of relationships we're going to win we're probably going to be able to sell a lot of our own products and make a lot of money this way the restaurant business is going to be or the the, the facility is going to get a lot of people that were, are going to come exposure, exposure. and and and, and, and food uh <laughs> and drinks there um <clears throat> which 
because in Las Vegas, it's very difficult to find a venue for free. And I just, I just, I like, I raw right now. How did you feel about like throwing your very, very first event? Because I'm going to follow up right now. I was nervous. I didn't know what to expect. I thinking in my head, like, how do I walk in? How do I, uh, how do I present myself when I get there? Do I walk like? It just, it was so new to me. I had no idea what to do. So it was just organic off the top. As soon as I got there, we're live. You know and it's I mean? actually kind of crazy too because I, you stood next to me and I got your entire speech. It was like, it, it was a great speech. I'm, I appreciate that a lot. It means a lot. And I'm not, and I'm not one to lie. And you guys already know. I know I, that. I, I don't compliment people, really. I really don't. Mm-hmm. But it was, it was, it wasn't a motivational speech. It wasn't. It no. was a, it was a raw speech. It, it, it didn't seem scripted. Was it scripted? Not at all. All right, good. That nice. was literally like <laughs> me. Like you know what? The night's about to end. Turn down the music. I gotta say something. I just, yeah. I, I felt it in my heart. You know. And and, and you know how like you this, had a calling, dude. Something <laughs> was telling me. From from right there like you know how like you can go live on instagram and at the end like it might give you like statistics of like how many people showed up how many how many people left i want to say that throughout the entire night like like 90 percent of the people that showed up stayed throughout the entire event mm-hmm. only 10 people 10 not 10 people 10 percent of the people left a little early right because what happened is after that event uh, of course, the kitchen closed, and some of us were still a little bit hungrier or hungrier, and we ended up going to a different restaurant that we're not going to name, and we're just like, just to wrap it up, it was, is the bonding. It was, it was like the bonding for me. Well, because you had that whole couple hours to really get to know each other. I mean, we had, okay, yes, we have a group, right? The same people come around because that's kind of where the entrepreneur mindset started, but we had fresh faces. Fresh yeah. faces of other people's friends that were interested, so, and it was so neat to see. So the crazy thing is that you did actually mention that because there were a lot of people there that I I hadn't seen before. The thing with me was that new people got the message. Mm-hmm. I'll go as far as to say that when we throw our networking event, I already know who to expect. No disrespect. I'm not, well, as a host, right? I'm not going for those people. Yes, I'm going to say hi to them i'm going to say what's up whatever i'm going for the new people right my goal our goal should be to make them feel welcomed Mm -hmm. because they are it's all about that culture to be informative you know because if for taco tuesday if we rolled 17 deep i want the whole fucking row yeah i want i want to roll 25 deep and it's not that hey you can't have a seat at my table because you don't bring value you should have a seat at the table be, because you're so hungry. Yes. Because you want to eat, you know, and, and not eat in the sense of like, oh, can I just? I think you guys are so cool. I, I really want to go out to eat with you guys. No, no, no. You're hungry in the sense that you want the knowledge. You're hungry in the sense that you want to learn and 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 and, and take your life a little more serious. Mm-hmm. So. Awesome, man. And I think that wraps it up for today. That's amazing. Once again, bro, thank you so much for joining. Thank you, thank you for opening up. It. There's you, you dropped a lot of stuff that we had no idea about. Yeah. You, man. <laughs> and we've been knowing you for years. So, I, yeah. so I really appreciate you giving, uh, you know, your perspective to the audience and to us, especially. So uh, once again, um, you provided us a lot of value. Is there any way that ourselves or the audience can drop value back? To plug, you? Yourself. plug yourself. Plug yourself. <laughs> I said it first. Plugging myself. Dylan R. Brooks on Instagram. Uh, if you see this, shoot me a follow. If 
you know, you have more questions or you're interested in these networking events, like, please reach out. At the end of the day, I'm a person, I'm a genuine person, and I'm hungry. And if we can do business together, that's what I'm interested in. So, so we are going to be tagging your Instagram. Uh, do you have a YouTube channel? No YouTube. No, no YouTube. Just Instagram. Uh, we're going to be putting down his phone number as well. No. Yeah. <laughs> Social will be there, you know, if you need your taxes. His home address, yeah. the whole shebang. Come find me. No, so we'll, we're definitely going to be plugging him in because I'm actually interested in these uh, snacks, these exotic snacks. I've happen. been waiting for my box, bro. I owe him a box. Yeah, he owes me a box. I owe him if a box. If you don't give him a box, you guys are going to have to box it out. Okay, no, no, there you go. But perfect. Awesome. Then, Thank you guys so the much. Next, next thing you know, it's a it's a influencer boxing match. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, no. They pay. They pay. Yeah. There you go. All right, you guys. Again, remember, every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Check these out. Peace out. Thank Love you, so you guys. Much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Later. Thank you. Woo!